Hey guys, and welcome to the Peaks and Valleys podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Ridgely. In this podcast, we talk about coffee, culture, and mental health. Thanks for joining, and we hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, Peaks and Valleys fam? And welcome to another episode of the Peaks and Valleys podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Kyle Ridgely. What's up? Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking politics and the church. A very charged conversation, um, a very hard and heated conversation, but we're here to say it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. There is a better way. There's a. I, I like the way that Pastor Miles McPherson puts it. And, and if you haven't heard of Miles McPherson, I highly suggest to uh, check him out. Um, he calls it the third option. Um, specifically, he says that in regards to race. You know, we have black, we have white, but then what's the third option? That's that's our Lord. That is, that's our Christianity, that's our faith. I think in politics, it, it goes the same way. There's Democrat, there's, there's Republican, but what about our third option? What about our third option? And so I believe we can and should engage these civic discussions, but remembering that third option, remembering our foundation, um, and, and letting that drive these conversations. Um, I will go ahead and say, you know, the these are going to be some encouragements, um, some things where um, the church may have become blind because of politics, um, specific examples, etc. Um, some of these opinions and, you know, pen opinions aren't really liked in this season um but we have to have grace for one another um even if we have different opinions and and so just know that you know i'm gonna wear my opinion hat a little bit in this podcast take that with a grain of salt um that's just my opinion so um leave room for, for some grace in this season for people that have different opinions and you know just gonna encourage you on this podcast to um engage better than we do in politics um, especially since it's so heated and, and our unity is under the banner of Christ it's not under Democrat it's not under Republican um, so yeah and and I mean I personally I'm, I consider myself politically agnostic I don't have a dog in this fight as far as a presidential candidate um, so I, I'm I, you know I'm, I'm coming at it with that perspective um I, I'm not going to um, defend a candidate, but I'm going to have compassion. Um, at the same time, I'm going to be critical of both sides. So, um, compassion and conviction—that's that—that's what I like to say when it comes to politics: compassion and conviction. Um, so, so leading with that, um, first thing I want to kind of dive into is. This thinking that there is a Christian 
party, you know, because me personally, I, I grew up thinking that you you vote Republican if you are a follower of Jesus, and which is absolutely false, um, because just just knowing the fact that political parties are man made, um, and so. There's no way that there is a Christian vote or a Christian party, you know? And I think that just, that that can blind us, and that, that, that can, that, that boxes my faith in way too much when I confine it to, well, this is the party you vote for if you're a Christian. Now, I believe that a party or an ideal or a policy, etc., whatever you want to call it, um, can hold some Christian values, absolutely. But I, I don't think there is a Christian party or a Christian vote. Um, both sides have flaws. Both sides have faults. Um, and so I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to defend one party over the other. Um, again, compassion, but conviction. I, I'm, I'm going to critique and be critical of both sides because both sides have flaws. Um, I want to. I want to point at a a specific example of how you know po- politics has can blind us and, and has blinded us to empathy, especially in this season. Um, I, I, I like the way that Beth Moore put it, um, and, and I'm, I'm actually going to use her as this, as this example. She, she called the, the ties of Christianity to, uh, Republicanism as an unholy marriage. And that, and that's what it is, that this marriage of Christianity to, um, Republicanism um, has done some damage to the body of Christ, has done some damage to the church. And, and the reason I want to use uh, Beth more specifically as an example, because in this season, with, with, the, with the racial issues, um, with the racial conversation that's been needed this year, I, I have just seen you know, things that she has said and addressed these issues, and I have just seen... Christians attack her. Um, you know, the, the caricatures that we create. Um, well, you know, you're a Marxist or um, you, you've abandoned the gospel and all this kind of stuff. And if, if, if you know who Beth Moore is, um, she is a woman of the Lord. Um, she preaches the gospel. She, I, I, I've never found anything in her teaching that tells me otherwise. But we have all these Christians that come out and attack her. I, I I believe the root of that is from Republicanism. I say that because whenever you know you, you talk about injustice or even systemic injustice for for the most part out of the Republican Party, I, I I've seen this kind of theme of well, shrug of shoulders, and why do we need to talk about race and what what systemic injustice? Kind of ignoring it, and so that 
I feel has created this division because we've tied Christianity so much to Republicanism that it blinds us to real issues um, that we need to talk about in the church. And, I mean, j- just just so many other things. But I, I think, again, uh, j- just tying Christianity to a political party can blind us, can blind us to empathy. Um, a- a- another point that I'll bring up about this. Um, so when, and, and, and I'm going to talk about this very um, cautiously, um, because it is a it is a sensitive um, topic, uh, but the topic of abortion, um, we I think we legislate, legislate, legislate. That I, I feel like that's what so many Christians go to um, around the topic of abortion, um, and and I think another way that completely tying republicanism to the to uh, the Christian faith, um, just kind of thinking back on the presidential debates, and you know Biden's '94 crime bill, and if nobody knows about that, it was an awful piece of legis- legislation that did no justice to the black community, actually damaged you know um, the black community. But you know everybody was expecting. Um, or, or calling, you know, for Joe Biden to be held accountable for that, um, to correct that, to, you know, denounce that, um, and stuff like that. And and then and then I think about the issue of abortion, and, and thinking of how that started. Um, six of the seven um, justices in the Supreme Court, when Roe versus Wade was approved, were Republicans. And so if we're going to, you know, attack um, the Democrats or Joe Biden, I, 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 I'm i going to need the Republicans to take accountability for that. You know, um, the issue of abortion and um, the fact that it, it, it's an issue that they created. Um, because, again, um, majority of the justices that approved Roe versus, Roe versus Wade were Republican. You know, um, I I don't know if there has been, but I haven't seen any any accountability from the Republican Party um, for that. Um, and so, I again, I, I just think these are areas that um, we've been so um, indoctrinated by our politics and the church that we you know point fingers to the other side that we can't see the the ways in whatever candidate or whatever party we you know we claim to be a part of has failed again these are these are you know parties created by men that are not perfect that are led by imperfect men um i again compassion yes like i can't imagine what it would be like to be president of the united states I can't imagine the weight and the stress. Um, But at the same time, you know, accountability needs to be there. Um, 
critique needs to be there. Um, and kind of why, why we're on this, this, you know, topic of abortion, just some encouragements for you guys around this. Um, and then Colin, I want to hear some of your thoughts. So when I, when I think of this, the topic surrounding abortion and always saying like, we have to vote Republican because they're the pro-life party and, you know, like, you know, we have to legislate. If you vote, you have to vote on this issue, etc. Well, I would say this. What are what are we going to do beyond just legislate? Um, because really who holds the corner on pro-life is the church. The Republican Party doesn't hold that corner on pro-life. It, it just doesn't fully for me. Um, whether, you know, it's a, you know, legislation, um, to, you know, defund Planned Parenthood or whatever, um, Republican Party just does not hold the corner on pro-life for me. And so that begs, you know, the question for me, like, what are we going to do beyond just legislation? Um, and, and some examples that I think of, and actually, actually one of, one of my favorite, um, critical thinkers and um, one of the voices that I listen to that's always pretty encouraging to me. His name's Ruslan, um, entrepreneur, um, Christian hip-hop artist, and he, he does his research, he fact-checks, like he's, he, he helps me think a lot, he critically thinks. And one thing that he said that is, if, if you're a pastor of a church and you're up there talking about um, the issue of abortion, and you have a ginormous church, comfortable seating with air conditioning, you better have a some sort of ministry um, for um, women's pregnancy, some kind of you know orphanage that you've helped fund and build, um, you know, encouraging congregants to adopt etc um and so then then it you know that's what are what are the actionable things that the church can make an impact in the area of abortion um, besides just legislating because i think we forget um and again it's it's a very sensitive topic and, and i i i just i think christians talk so um hard-handedly a lot of the times about it and we forget that there are other people involved besides just that unborn baby um and so you know how are we walking um being compassionate and caring for unwed mothers amongst us um a a stat i looked up said that 65 percent of unwed mothers go from the church to the abortion clinic because they didn't feel like they were going to receive any su- support. Um, they were going to have any compassion. Um, there's a lot of shame in that. And, and that, that to me, that, that kind of causes me to think, well, how, how has the church responded to these kind of things? How have we partnered with organizations that support unwed mothers? You know, we, we never know what kind of, situations are going on like 
most of the time impossible situations like have no idea what to do don't know how to, how, how they're going to care for this child how is the church being compassionate how is the church supporting unwed mothers what kind of ministries do we have partnerships again with women's pregnancy centers to receive the care they need to to receive the help they need and so i think we 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 need to be very sensitive about the way we talk about this topic and make sure we're holding ourselves accountable if we're going to talk about it, um, to put our money where our mouth is, um, to encourage our, our pastors and our leaders to say, hey, do we have a ministry for this? If not, what can we do about partnering with local organizations, community organizations that work in this area? Um, I think that's the biggest way that the church can make an impact in, in this area of society in, on the topic, topic of abortion. And I'll even hit on you know, men, like, I, I believe men can indirectly, not not exactly directly, but indirectly make an impact as far as the area of abortion. And what I mean by that is, like, how how are we as men holding ourselves accountable? How, how do we have accountability from other men around us? Are we honoring the women in our lives? in our, the relationships that we're in, are, are we being the standard and the model to how to treat women? Um, our views of sexuality, are we modeling that as Jesus followers, um, as, as men of God, day in and day out of our lives? Um, and so I feel like when we model that, like other men around us see that, and... You know, you, you just never know what's going to come of that. Like being conscious that maybe not directly but indirectly, men can actually, you know, just by the way we live our lives, by the way we're conscious of honoring the women around us and modeling that for other men that may not be doing that. Like we can make an impact. We can make an impact. And so I think with with a lot of these areas, we, we need to move past just focusing on the legislation, the way we vote, but what are the actionable steps? What are the actionable steps behind these things? Um, so yeah, Kyle, what's what's uh, some of your your thoughts on politics and this season and yeah, all that? Um, well, first of all, I want to preface with this: I am not political by any means. Um, I don't follow any particular politician or leader or. Or what have you. Um, so for me, when I look at this topic, I see it as a place where obviously the church can be a voice in the sense of how we treat others. Um, how are we, uh, because ultimately the world is watching, uh, whether or not directly or indirectly, uh, they're watching in how we respond to the uh, particular struggles of the day or the, the latest headline or whatever it is in regards to the world and um, our nation and the struggles that we face. And so I think there's a lot of things that I see uh, common patterns um, in the church. And I, I'm, I'm coming uh, to my brothers and sisters who, who, are, who are with me in this and um, that I'm admonishing in this as that, you know, uh, we need to be careful of a couple things. I think we need to be careful of the way we exhibit our anger. Um, while anger within itself is not necessarily bad, but if it causes us to sin, then therefore it is. 
Um, what is our anger portraying to the rest of the world or maybe our neighbors uh, that may be um, we're, we're acting as though uh, we are we, we're freaking out like the rest of the world you know and we're we don't we don't need to act like the rest of the world because we have hope in Jesus. We have His Word. Uh, we have that hope in Him, and so um, we are at a standard where uh, we're sending a message to the world. I think anger is one, and then I also think that um, division. I think in the church that there's going on, not just in our country, but I think just in the church. I mean, we have we have Democrats and we have Republicans who worship under the same roof, and so. I think about those things and I wonder, we are unified in Christ. So regardless of what political party you stand for, uh, I don't think we should have a political party that we stand for. I think that we should measure things, uh, topics, and uh, particular ideologies of the day with Christ. Everything should be measured in the way uh, that Christ would see it. And so while, yes, we can be angry about injustice, uh, an example that Jonathan has uh, stated tonight was abortion. And yes, that, that, is, that is just so, uh, just an unborn child uh, being, being basically cut off from life. It is, it is saddening. It should, it should bring an emotional response to us. But in that anger, how are we do, how is it directing it towards God's, you know, God's redemptive purpose in the world? How is that doing that? Is it, uh, what is it doing? Are, are we doing it for selfish reasons or are, are we, what, what are we doing in that, in that anger? And so is that anger going to ultimately lead uh, someone else to a place of, a uh, place where they can, uh, they can see the truth through Christ. And so I think that's a, two things that I commonly see uh, with this topic. And there's just so much of it going on back and forth. And I mean, some of the things I've seen on social media and people just having conversations with other people that uh, believe different things than what they do, I've just seen hateful things. I mean, just hateful things to um, between fellow believers and those who may not profess to be a believer, and so I think that that really hurts our witness um, in this in this in this world and in this season. And the world needs hope; they need hope. And and there and what I've come across and and what I do at da- daily with care is that people are confused. They're already they're already stirred up with with strife they're already worried and and they're already filled with despair and and worry and anxiety and so how are we as the church exhibiting things that would that we could ultimately help this person um, how we could ultimately speak into their lives if we're constantly going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth uh, between who is right and who's wrong and just all this 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 bubbling up of strife and so i think that we have to be very careful uh as a follower of christ to be mindful of what we're doing um we're not perfect by any means we we slip up i slip up jonathan slips up but how do you have people around you who are encouraging you to walk in the way that christ has called us to walk um we don't have to walk in the ways that we used to because we're in christ and we we put on the new self as ephesians uh 4 talks about um and so 
we, we want to make sure that we are checking ourselves, uh, what it would be looking at what is currently going on in me, in my heart, that is causing me to respond in this way. Do I have some false beliefs? Maybe I believe something so long for, for something wrong so long, or believing this uh, this lie uh, that I, I've just come to believe it, and it's embedded in what I do and what I say and how I act and how I respond and how I think. So I think we really have to examine how 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 are we responding to God. And how are we responding to others? That's that's a big thing. We always talk about, and I, I strive to talk about that in this podcast. Is it's that it's that relationship, that dual relationship uh, with God and with others. And so, how do we ultimately do or love others well? How do we do that well? Well, first, our relationship with God has to be right. How are we responding? To God in these moments when we feel so angry and worried about the way the world is, how are we turning and pivoting and saying, bringing that to God? He's big enough to take those worries and those angers and and pour it to Him and ask Him, how should I respond? God, how should I respond? And we can't do it on our own. This is not behavior modification. Uh, this is not something. Well, if I just think positively, then everything will be okay. That's not it. The only way that we can live a life that produces fruit is to be rooted in Christ, uh, the wellspring of life. And that, that comes through, through responding to him. What, how are we, how are we, you know, constructively and intelligently responding to God and what he says about who we are, uh, our world and how we should love others. So I think it's very crucial to remember those kind of things when when we when we face a, a struggle of the day or maybe a very controversial topic is how am I responding to God and how am I responding to others and am I am I responding in an appropriate way uh, that is built on truth of His Word and built on love and compassion and 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 just being able to to exude that to others. So yeah, I mean like. I'm seeing I'm seeing a whole lot of conviction, um, but a lot of lack of compassion, you know, and especially when it comes to you know a vote for Joe Biden, like you know automatically presuming that you're you're voting because you support some of their policies, like I agreed, Kamala Harris has a sketchy track record, you know. And you know her views on abortion, um, etc. But I'm 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 not gonna presume to to know why that person voted for Joe Biden. It goes back to the relationship thing, you know. Like, how about let's build a relationship? How about let's have a conversation, um, and like have a <laughs> good civic, calm, nuanced dialogue about. Okay, well, like, why did you vote this way? Like, you don't know somebody's background. You don't know, you know, what led them to that, you know? Because, like, and, and I've said this before, like, assuming that everybody vote that votes for Donald Trump is um, a racist or whatever, that's just intellectual laziness to me, you know? Just creating that caricature. Same thing with the vote for Joe Biden. Like, you know... You vote for Joe Biden, you're, you know, 
you support baby killing and you know like i've i've heard that you know i've seen that again that's just intellectual laziness to me that's not doing the work that christ has called us to do build relationships walk with people okay if there's if there's something off you know in somebody's thinking and you know correct that like work on correcting that but in love and compassion like have a conviction about it yes like there's nothing wrong with that but how are you doing it compassionately mm-hmm. how are you having this dialogue and saying hey like let's let's figure out how you got there to that thinking like mm-hmm. i i don't agree with that i i don't think it's biblical i think it's okay to say that in this season you know but how are we i think we're doing it all wrong you know like how are we compassionately um having these dialogues with people um because like and if I've, I've said this before like i i have friends that have voted for joe biden um brothers in christ um that doesn't change their standing um before the lord that doesn't change their salvation that doesn't change um, their position as a brother in christ like i still love um, these guys in my life wholeheartedly um i may disagree on that vote but I still love them. I'm still going to do life with them. I'm still going to pursue um, those relationships with them, um, even though we mis- may disagree. Um, but I, I mean, I'm just seeing stuff like if you know, if you voted this way, like you can, you know, delete me now, like off Facebook or whatever. And it's just like, again, it comes back to like we have to remember what 2020 has brought. There, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of pressure. There's a there there is a lot that goes into this, like, and people are just on the edge, mentally exhausted. Um, there's a mental health crisis. Um, we we have to be aware of these things. Like, there there are mo- more nuanced things and more layers to this than just um, your vote. Like, 2020 has brought a lot for a lot of people. And, and we have to be compassionate to that. Um, and, you know, just, like, encourage you guys with something. Like, we we hear that, you know, we're, yes, like, it, it's it's not over um, exactly yet because there, there's still legal battles that Trump's going through. Um, but but if, if Biden is, um, you know, our next president, like, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, like, mass fear of, and Kyle, we've talked about this of like socialism and like all that. First of all, I'll encourage you with this. Uh, it, it it's a hard pill to swallow, but America is not a Christian nation. Um, if if America goes away tomorrow, Christ still stands. We we still have our hope. Um, so. Like that that that's a that's a hard pill to swallow. America is not, you know, a nation that could never fall away. Like our, our democracy is is not unshatterable, you know? Um but but like just to some practical like hope, um like currently as it sits, like um Republicans do hold the Senate and House. And remembering that one president doesn't hold the entire power and, you know, can make changes at the snap of his finger, you know. 
And so where there may be changes under a Biden presidency, just like there were changes under Trump's presidency, we still have checks and balances in our nation. We still have checks and balances. Um, and so we, we, we have to step back and breathe and rem- remember these things. Think critically through these things so we don't let just mass fear run rampant, right? Because fear creates fear, creates fear, and it, it will drive us crazy. Um, and at the end of the day, like I, D- Dave Ramsey is one of my, you know, favorite voices when to listen to when it comes to money. Like one thing that he always says, what happens in my house is more important than what happens in the White House at the end of the day. Like because a lot of these things are just out of our control. And that's that's just a thing with me with politics. Like they like most of the stuff is out of my control. Even if I vote, most of the stuff is out of my control. And if if I it's a it's a a false sense of control is what you all always call it, Kyle. And and I and I personally I, I just don't trust politics, people in power at what they say. Um I, I think I think that's another thing that blinds us. We take everything that, you know, politicians say, a president says, and we run with it. We get behind it wholeheartedly. And, and, and if anybody has a different opinion, you're the enemy or we, we have to argue. I personally, I, I, I don't think that everything that comes out of a politician's mouth or a president's mouth is actually in my best interest, is actually what he means. Um so I I think we also just need to take presidents and politicians as as Christians with a grain of salt. Be like, you know, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket, you know. Um, because again, at the end of the day, both parties have their issues. Both parties are not perfect. Trump has his issues just as much as Biden has his issues. So, um, have hope, guys. Have hope, like, and, you know, control the things that you can control around you. Um, the way you live your life. Um, you know, just, just the general things around you that you can control currently. Because there are, there are things around you that you can't control. Um, your attitude, the way you respond. Um, so just focus on that. Um, going to work, coming home, caring for people. Like, those are the things that we can control. Um, and I think when we just take our eyes off these big things that we can't control, and, again, coming back to what can I control around me? What what goes on in my house more, is more important than what goes on in the White House. Hmm. Um, I, I think we'll regain some sanity back. I think we'll regain some peace back. Um, and I think just our lives will be better for it if we stop buying into politics so much, um, un- divorce this marriage of um, Christianity to Republicanism. And I know that divorce is a strong word, but I think that's that's what needs to happen. A complete divorce of... Christianity to any any political party. Um, I think it's just false. Um, 
especially false, like in the face of God, like it's it's just wrong. It's just wrong. And I want to leave you guys uh, with this, uh, just to encourage brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I talked about a little while ago um, that you know we want to we want to strive to remember what we've learned in Christ, putting on uh, that new self and putting off the old, the things that that are that are not of of of, of God and um, don't produce fruit. So I want to read uh, just a small excerpt uh, from the book of Ephesians uh, chapter 4 verse 29 through 32 Um, says let no uh, corrupt talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So let's let's as the church let's just remember that let's let's strive to encourage. each other to live in the way that Christ has taught us, uh, that we no longer have to live by the old way. Uh, We're putting on the new, putting off the old and putting on the new, um, which is putting off the anger, the clamor, the slander, um, just the corrupting talk and and things like that, and put on uh, the your be kind, the kindness and tender heartedness and forgive forgiveness um, because Christ forgave us. So let's remember that as we continue throughout these days. Uh, these days are are there's no there's a lot of question marks, but not a lot of uh, exclamation points, as my pastor likes to say. Um, and so just, let's let's just go forward and know that uh, God is in control, um, that we know that he is able to control all these things. We can't control them, but we can control how we respond. Um, respond, how are we responding to God and how are we responding to others in a way that builds up and the way that gives life and hope and peace in these times that are so devoid of those things. Yeah, great, great encouragement, Kyle. Yeah, I love that. Um, because unfortunately, um, people are unnecessarily losing relationships um, over politics, you know. Um, and kind of two points that I want to hit on before we end. Um, remembering that the divide in this country and cancel culture even you know we cancel culture has been talked about all this year and and this is not an attack on the church because i believe realizing the areas that we failed is how we can examine ourselves and grow from that the church has helped create the divide in the country the church has helped create cancel culture because of being bought out to political ideologies And so I think we need to also do some self-examining, like me included, you know. We all do. Um, Realizing that the the church has helped perpetuate some of these things. Like we as believers have helped contribute to some of these things. Um, 
And so I think we all need to take a moment and just do that self-evaluation, heart examination. Say, Lord, what are the points in me where I've contributed to division um, and canceling people and, you know, all that kind of stuff? Like, what areas can I grow? How can I learn from this? Um because a a divided world over politics needs to see a united church and i i will always say this despite how you vote whether you voted for joe biden or you voted for donald trump if you're a follower of jesus we're united under his banner not a political vote and so you and and we have to realize like the eternal separation, the greatest judgment, the eternal separation um, of the world from Jesus is an inevitable is an inevitable reality without a united church. Um, so yeah, j- just some encouragements. Um, again, not to attack anybody, not to attack the church. I believe that's good self-examination. Like, what are ways that I've contributed contributed to division or cancel culture, and how can I um, forgive somebody? How can I ask forgiveness when I've contributed th- these things? How can I be a instrument of reconciliation and unity? Um, so yeah, I hope this was encouraging you guys that just know that there are a lot more nuanced things around these issues. Um, we, we can have nuanced conversations without agreeing with everything that somebody else believes somebody else's opinion and still love walking one one walking away loving one and each other wholeheartedly um last last thing i'm sorry last thing and i'll go ahead and end it you know just in in, in misinterpreting people's hearts um i know in this season my heart's been mis- misinterpreted plenty of times you know um you know i've said stuff like I would much rather sit and have a conversation, build a relationship with somebody that is pro-choice. I would rather hear their story and build a relationship with them because if I don't, if I don't sit and build that relationship, any truth that I share, it's going to be really hard for that truth to fall on open ears. And so I would much rather build a relationship with somebody that you know and, and I just use that example because that's like that that's the thing that you know that's a hot topic right now I would much rather sit with somebody that's pro-choice build a relationship with them so that the truth that I do share with them can fall on open ears and an open heart rather than demonize that person because I think even somebody that is pro-choice um has the the availability for redemption for a changed heart for a changed perspective and i feel like if we if we continue to demonize and divide it, that opportunity is going to go away like Kyle said blow our witness okay because the the god i serve is for forbearant he's patient he's kind and yes he takes those matters seriously but the and i've said this before the the way that i accepted jesus it wasn't because of God's great judgment. It was because of his forbearance with me, his patience and his kindness and his grace. That's what led me to 
want to follow Jesus. That's what made him so attractive to me um, and want to follow him. So, any last thoughts, Kyle? None? Cool. Well, thanks for sharing your heart, dude. Thanks for having this conversation with me. Um, Again, um, be kind to one another in this season, um, especially those that um, hold different ideologies and even extreme ideologies. Um, Be compassionate. Hold your conviction, yes, but be compassionate in the way we um, deal with people and, and as we're building those relationships, as we're engaging in these conversations. Um, just in, in remembering what all 2020 has brought, there's a, a lot of mental strain. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of just messy things that 2020 has brought. Remember that. Be compassionate in the way we deal with people. We never know what somebody's going through. And so with that, um, I love every single one of you. I'm praying, both me and Kyle, praying for the church and our nation and and our listeners in this season. Um, And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, If you would, if you enjoyed this episode or if you enjoyed the Peaks and Valleys podcast, uh, leave us a review and subscribe, and we will catch you on the next episode.